Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 65th episode of the podcast on June 20th, 2014. Now, the number 65 belonged to Gary Zimmerman, who is an NFL tackle, I think famous for being with the Broncos. Yeah. An older player. Uh, you know, these past few episodes, you know, not... Many famous people, but 66, next time. Get yeah. ready, that, that's a big one. <laughs> Joel, have you been these past couple weeks? We were talking last time about preparing for E3, the uh, video game expo. Yeah. And uh, that didn't turn out you know, necessarily spectacularly for the, uh, the video games about sports that we were looking forward to. Yeah, EA was a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. and I think... You know, as far as what uh, Microsoft did with their conference, it was, I'd say, less sports than I, I think anybody expected. That's true. They went all games. They could have done NFL app, all of that. Uh, what did you think of the EA uh, showing with PGA Tour? Not just, you know, scrapping the Tiger Woods from the license, but suddenly, I don't know if you saw it, Yeah. a battleship. Out of nowhere, and you're rocketing a ball off of a tee, hitting it over a battleship. I think that's insulting to the PGA license, personally. I mean, you've had this for a long time. You treat you know the game of golf with a certain kind of reverence. You did a Masters edition in 2012, where you're the first video game to depict the Masters in a virtual space. And now, like, it seems haywire to me. Yeah, we. I mean, we we don't need... We don't need our Call of Duty Battlefield esque type of energy for golf. It, it's its own type of thing. It brings its own kind of energy. It, it and it should be represented a certain way. And that, that was odd, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Probably like the one of the like I don't know shocking things about the conference <laughs> yeah. itself. Yeah. It that I mean you know we. EA and Ubisoft just were a little, a little less than I think a lot of people were expecting, yeah. but uh, definitely I don't know. It's just not as much sports as uh, I'm used to. Not EA. as much. They they pushed UFC, which you know came, comes out on the 17th, so it already is mm. out. I'm losing track. Oh, of the and here. yeah, that that was interesting. That was different. How uh, you know the particular fighter that they chose for that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they did reveal the Bruce Lee uh, mm-hmm. like a couple months ago. So even the trailer, I think, they pretty much just copy and pasted. Uh, yeah. NHL was interesting to see. They were talking about, like, oh, it's a gameplay trailer. And EA, like, they suffered from the same thing they did last year, where it's one thing if it was taken from gameplay or it's in engine. It's one thing if it's that. But you can't just call it a gameplay trailer and then not show what gameplay is like. It's... It's a bit of a misnomer. We could again, we could talk about game stuff for a lot, you know. But that's the uh, the show. I, your news, you know. Games. As far as games go and sports, uh, you know, we we kind of know about Nintendo and EA's 
relations right now just not as good as they used to be. Makes me wonder if we're going to start seeing Nintendo Sports. I think that we are. I'm sure it's going to be a way to extend the Wii U's life cycle. I think they need to get Mm -hmm. their heavy hitters out of there first, but... Yeah, I'm sure there's, you know, another Mario Strikers or another Mario Baseball or uh, not, I'd, hopefully I'd not be like all a Mario, Mario Strikers. I'd like that. That was a great game on yeah. Wii. Absolutely. But yes, that's what the Show Me Your News podcast is for, part of the Show Me Your News network. We've got some quick hits to get to in the sports world. Several, actually. So let's burn through these. The Belmont Stakes happened just before that E3 event that was on June 7th. And that was California Chrome chasing history. We're texting each other. We're watching it, and uh, the horse fell short. Yeah, and 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 I said, I was like, I hope E three isn't this disappointing, <laughs> and anticlimactic. Um, yeah, just I, you know, I I got I I sat down like right as that long long coverage finally ended yeah. like i mean i'm glad i did not sit through hours of that i'm just used um, to tuning in like at 6 30 <laughs> like none of that bullshit yeah, before i mean and and the thing is that you know immediately afterwards we gotta get to hockey on That's that right. channel That's so right. i was like well they gotta do the race sometime i mean it's almost time for that hockey game you know mm-hmm. so but uh yeah just you know he was kind of he was kind of boxed in on that inside and uh you know the jockey had to make a decision stay in the inside or go to the outside and he's been doing it for a long time i'm not going to question you know that kind of thing but i don't know the the analysts the analysts were kind of questioning it uh it did seem like a little bit you know dirt kicked up in the face Mm -hmm. i don't think it was necessarily a lack of stamina because belmont is such a long race with a mile and a half and that's usually what you know Mm-hmm. Is the trap that a lot of uh, you know triple crown contenders have fallen into in the past, but it didn't seem that way with California Chrome. I think the bigger headline that came out of that was the owner of the horse uh, making those hot-headed remarks that he did after the race of how it's not fair how they bring in the fresh horses to you know knock off. I mean, we run through you know the triple crown and you know we go through so much and it's just not fair. It sounded a little bit bitter. Uh, of course, I mean, uh, he. I mean, he does make a good point. He, he probably won't see another horse in his lifetime do something, or I mean, you might see one get close, but I don't think you're going to see one win the Triple Crown because it is how it is. But I think that it's, I think that's okay because that's just how it. Is. I mean, that's how it is. That's how the sport goes. But it's supposed to be difficult. Yeah, it's supposed to be very hard. That's the reason that it doesn't happen a lot. Exactly. I mean, over in the French Open, you had Rafa Nadal, who won his fifth straight French Open, or was it mm-hmm. no, his fifth overall French Open? Um, let's see, what was it? it it's it's something you know record setting, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it's his fifth overall, right? Um, yeah, because he had a, he had a break. It in sounds there. right. Yeah, 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 he had a break in there where he was injured and uh, he couldn't play, but he has won. You know, just a bunch of consecutive matches over at Roland Garros. So not surprising to see him, you know, play well the way he did against Novak Djokovic. Uh, lost the first set 6-3, but then came back 7-5, 6-2, 6-4. That's not surprising. He's something else on clay, and he yeah. shows it. Definitely. Uh, that's his 14th career Grand Slam. Federer has 17. Of course, both still active, but 
Rafa's got more in the tank. Uh, you keep playing a few more years at the French, you're probably going to catch Federer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, I think that's what we predicted, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, Maria Sharapova over in the ladies' draw against Simona Halep, who put up a good fight for her age. Uh, you know, first big tournament experience last year. Yeah, she, she's going to have a good career. Yeah, last year in the French, she, I think, maybe was knocked out in the first or second round. So, big improvement. She's on a good upswing. Um, but Sharapova, it's her second French, uh, you know, Grand Slam championship. Yeah, it, I mean, it's good to see, like, nice young talent coming into the sport that's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of continue that. That's true. And Sharapova was the only match that I could watch, the, the ladies' final and of course, with Sharapova, you have the ah, ah, which they're trying to get out of uh, tennis with you know the newer players coming in. They're not allowed to do that. Yeah. The the holdovers that kind of grew up with that, they're still allowed to. So whenever they retire, we'll finally get all of that off the court. Um, it, like it for some reason, it reminds me of like some particular kind of bird. <laughs> come like, on, come <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You can like, you can be outside the room and walk in the room and be like, "You're watching the nature channel." <laughs> or, oh, tennis. Got it. Uh, that was a very good match, though, because usually those ladies' finals are very one-sided in the French mm-hmm. Open, especially when they do best of three sets as opposed to the best of five for the men. Uh, but that was a pretty competitive match. Uh, yeah. You know, tiebreaker, put it to a, a third set, and it was uh, even close in that one. But, you know, good to have that one. And in a few days, maybe even only a couple, starting Sunday, Wimbledon. Yep. Those two are, are almost back-to-back, you know, only a week or two apart. Uh, in the U.S. Open in golf, uh, Martin Keimer from Germany, he wins his, his second or third, uh, you know, Grand Slam in golf there. Uh, he led wire to wire. Uh, he was up by eight strokes, uh, you know, by the end of the second round and, it got a little closer, but then he he led wire to wire. It was a very impressive win, but it didn't make for an interesting tournament. Not really. It's almost like when when Rory McIlroy won it in that way a little while ago. A couple I mean, of years ago. I, it it I think when it's closer, I definitely watch more of it. Uh, for sure. I'd say probably the ratings just probably weren't as high just because of you know how far ahead he was basically. And you know there was a lack of Tiger Woods. Uh, who is coming back this week uh, for you know the random invitational that happens to be this week? Not not a big tournament, certainly not a, a grand slam, uh, but people will watch. They'll still watch. Yeah. It is Tiger. Uh, and very sad news in the baseball world. Uh, you know Tony Gwynn passed away mm-hmm. at the age of fifty four. He had you know cancer. He had, was doing a you know, chewing tobacco throughout his career, so he had like a salivary gland that had cancer and then it spread uh just terribly sad you know people sharing the stories about tony Gwynn, uh amazing man just you know laughter and just how friendly he was mm-hmm. uh very touching stories from different accounts whether it's uh from his bat boy uh one year or keith olderman on his show on espn2 recounting that so uh, very sad news you know but you know life goes on yeah it's a lot of hits. It is a lot Sheesh. of hits. Uh, I remember yeah. watching Tony Gwynn more at the end of his career. 
because you know, I only really started paying attention to baseball around 95, 96. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he played through, you know, the late or the uh, you know, late 90s into the early 2000s, but he was still great at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Like, I think they threw out a stat that he went 0 for 15 at one point. And that was considered like, whoa, whoa, like, that's a, that's a big slump for him, and it was around 98 or so. And the stats were that he could go O for like 1,100 something or other and still have a career 300 batting average. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, you know, talking about like former players and coaches, uh, Chuck Noll passed away. That's true. He's stealing recently. Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, significantly, as far as you know, coaches with the amount of Super Bowl wins that that had, that probably won't happen anytime soon. I don't think the way that things de- are set up. And it depends if the Patriots get another it, one. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's probably the closest one. If if uh, you know. I, I, of course, we don't know how much longer he'll coach. Of course, that's true. So, but uh, no, nah, the Steelers yeah. you know had a, a remarkable run there with Chuck Knoll for as long as he did coach, and then followed right up with Bill Cowher. Yeah, and they now have you know even success with Mike Tomlin. Even I, I, I think sure. what helped them, what helped him in a certain you know in that circumstance was the amount of time that you do that in. Uh, you you do that in five years, and you have. You know, you have a few different players here and there, but you have that core group all together. The way that football is set up now, it's just, it's so hard to keep, you know, all your marquee players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's well, it's just, also, I think it's, it's difficult. It's also the Rooney family in ownership, I'm sure. Uh, you know, one of the best owners in football, and that helps, you know, as you say, create that core. Mm-hmm. You have good ownership, you're going to go a long way. It's, you know, shows with... With the Lions and with the Browns, and it's just it's it's shaky that way. And it wasn't really football related, but I believe like two days after that, Casey Kasem passed away. Yeah, and he was also eighty-two, I yeah. think, which is kind of strange. But hey, the voice of Robin <laughs> and many many Sunday radio listening. Zoinks! <laughs> like high school. Many, many different cartoon characters out there. I remember most for American Top 40. I yeah. listened to that religiously when I was younger. So Yeah, he just had one of those voices, you know, his, his regular voice. We're not talking about his, his cartoon voices. But. That he did. That he did. Uh, then the U.S. Patent Office has claimed that the Redskins is a disparaging name. Mm-hmm. Thus, they have canceled that trademark. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's the step where people think that, you know, the Redskins should change their name of their mm-hmm. NFL franchise. Uh, you had commercials that were produced by uh, a group of Native Americans. Ooh, it, was a, it was a powerful ad. I don't know if you happen to see it. Uh, but it's, you know, trying to, to further that point... And, you know, there are owners and whatnot who say, like, oh, this, why is this an issue now? Like, this is never a big issue before. Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, is more like an over-my-dead-body kind of approach in how he wants to change the name. Uh, but I think this is a, a big first step 
in you know getting that process started. Yeah, definitely. It's it's something that's it's it's so reoccurring, like that you hear about it, like you hear about it every year, basically. Mm. Um, as of late, I mean, it hasn't been as vocal in the past, but social media and the way the media is in general now, you're going to hear it about a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing, though, is that you strike it where it hurts, the wallet. Uh, that's you know the big thing. If you, you know, hit the pocketbook, and the way it is with canceling the trademark, now any Joe Schmo can, you know, produce goods with the Redskins name, with the Redskins logo, on it, and sell it. And yep. make money. And the hit that comes from the official NFL merchandise, like that is going to be dispersed over all of the owners. So Yeah, teams make so much money that way. Right. But, the people that don't even go to, will never go to a game in their life, but they buy a ton of paraphernalia and other stuff. They're going to notice a dip in the profits. And it's not just going to come you know, totally out of Dan Snyder. It's going to notice, all the other owners are going to notice too. They're going to say, something's fishy here. And so it's all going to you know, put that pressure on. Now, of course, Dan Snyder can't appeal. It's a big old legal battle, but this is a big first step. And in that appeal process, I think you're going, to, you're going up against something that you know, President Obama has come out against. More than half of the senators have come out against. You're fighting an uphill battle, and this is a big first step. We may see a name change in the next yeah. few years. I'm not and- saying soon, but... I mean, I don't really know. I I know a decent number of Redskins fans, and I don't really think any of them would care if the name changed. I think that they would just be like, "Oh well, well I just I don't need this stuff anymore," or or maybe they'd keep it as a keepsake or something like that. But you know, it's a it's it means they get to go buy new new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know that there are people though who would have an issue with it, and it's just yeah, expecting you in America. Right I don't there. know. I mean, for example, my my high school, they're the Mohegans, and I don't see an issue when it's like the name of a tribe. Yeah, I I mean, but the thing is, like, I, and I had heard people say things about that before too. Hmm. Uh, like, I think I want to say when. Uh, President Bush was in office. He he was in town for for something. I don't know if it was like an election or something or, or what it was. But he actually like came to our football game, and I mean this was before I was in high school. But uh, because it was like the two top teams in the state playing, and he did like the, the coin toss. It was just like what is going on? Like, but I I don't know. And I think after that, somebody wrote like a news article about it. I don't know. I mean, people can get sensitive about that stuff. It makes me think of my middle school. Uh, we were known as the Rebels. Mm-hmm. Before that, the school was known with the nickname the Blue Devils. How yeah. badass of a nickname is that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe the Larson Blue Devils. Just It's just like Duke. Yeah. Oh, but Devils! With this Christian household, I'm a mother, and I'm going to complain. And that was enough pressure for them to change the name of a school to a little little cowboy with a lasso and rebels. That's that's weird. I mean, like I'm really involved in 4-H, and when they have camps too, like how they do their groupings for like you know when the the kids go like 
uh, work on stuff whenever they get together later to present it. Um, they're, they're tribe names is what they are. Yeah. And I want to say it was like 10 years ago or something. Uh, there were It was being questioned whether or not they should change all that stuff. And um, even though there was there was no like negative meaning towards any of it, and um, a lot of states changed a bunch of stuff wow. about it. Like you, it's almost like unrecognizable anymore. But like be- because my dad's like in charge of um, like the he's one of the camping coordinators for like the whole state. Like um, they, I guess they, you know kind of fought for it a little bit and they didn't have to change anything because they were able to present that it, it was there was no negative connotation yeah. to what was going on you know using these names and stuff if anything it was very respectful because they they like learn stuff about them too so and i think you're also seeing it a bit more in baseball too i mean the cleveland indians that that chief wahoo <laughs> like that is super duper offensive and you're starting to see you know with the espn and the like their branding is going more towards the sea mm-hmm. it's the red sea and i think that's the right way to go if you want to design a new logo go for it but you know the people who still support chief wahoo for the cleveland indians like no you need to stop but i mean yeah the seminoles like that's also come up too but i think that's the same thing like it's it's the tribe and i think that helps and yeah, uh, I think what's wrong with the Washington Braves? I mean, Atlanta Braves uses it. They don't seem to have any, you know, big issue with it. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep, you know, that sort of same, t- what, yeah, what's wrong with Braves? Uh, I don't think you know, anyone, uh, you know, in Native American culture has an issue with that. No. As far as I know, what do I know? I'm I'm the white man, so. I don't know here. And then, uh, you know, recently, uh, within the past couple of days, Joel Embiid, the projected number one pick in the NBA draft, which is a week from yesterday. So mm-hmm. it's coming up. And this kind of goes, I guess, in a bit to uh, NBA draft talk because we don't have that in our uh, our red zone with our three biggest sports stories in the past couple of weeks. Uh, so Embiid has a foot injury. And it's the same bone in his foot that's, you know, it it just really hurt Bill Walton's career. It was the downfall of Yao Ming's career. Um, you know, it really hurt Zdrunas Ilgauskas in the early part of his career. It's a pretty serious injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, early reports were saying it may be, you know, surgery to fix it may be four to six months. Jeez. So, looking like not necessarily the number one pick anymore. You know, unless Cleveland goes out with their number one pick again and does a similar pick to Anthony Thomas like they did last year. How did that work out for you? <sighs> Cavaliers kind of boned that one. So, I think Embiid could definitely fall in the draft. Uh, how, do you, how far do you think he slips? Hmm... It's I guess it's kind of just about like who's willing to um you know wait that out yeah that kind of thing um so I I I guess it would be someone who doesn't want to get him you know immediately into camp and and get him working and you know working towards a starting spot or something like that um because I I don't think that's gonna happen now at least at the beginning you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it. I think he could still go in the top ten. I think the potential's there. He's a seven footer. You know, in a league that doesn't have any centers anymore, a, a good center is a valuable thing to have. Pro- yeah, probably somebody that has like uh, that's a little bit further down. I mean, that has the luxury of being able to just pick him up and 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 you know get him healthy and everything. Either someone maybe that trades in the top ten, or someone that has already traded up in the top ten, and they already have a, a good team, so they don't have much to lose. Yeah, that's, that's certainly would be. possible. Uh, so that's going to be you know, you know Jabari Parker, uh, Wiggins. Who do you think you know has the best chance to go number one? Mm. I mean, from the you know. From what I watched of Wiggins, which, like, in person, uh, what I watched of him was insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he had, like, 50 points. Um, I mean, we we still beat him by a lot, um, but he he looked like... I mean, I have no question that he could do that. Probably not score that much in the NBA, but I have no question that he can score in the NBA. Um like I think he can immediately come in and do it. I I don't know. Like as far as his, I think that the thing that I would question about him is like his leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least what I saw, like when they were losing games and stuff, he was scoring and stuff, but like he, he couldn't really rally people around him. Um, and of course, you don't really expect that out of somebody that young. But I I think talent wise, I wouldn't have any problem taking him number one. Yeah. And plus, Andrew Wiggins had that crazy. Vertical leap video. <laughs> uh, not video, I'm sorry, it was a picture. Yeah, Gosh, yeah. To only see it in a video, that would be something. I think Jabari Parker still has a really good chance to go number one. It really could be between either. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, someone could even trade up. Uh, it's just about what you draft. need, too. I mean, even, even though I think, yeah. I think that the NBA is a little more, like, best player and less, and less uh, you know, what you need, but... Um, oh, because you know one player can totally impact the team. Uh, exactly. So, but that's the sad thing. You know, Cleveland needed that center. Like that's what they were looking for. And with Embiid, like I don't think you'd take your number one pick with that. <sighs> it could be Greg Oden two point and you don't want that necessarily. No, that's not gonna. I, I think that. I think that there's probably a lot of pressure right now to bring in somebody that can immediately do stuff. <laughs> Sell tickets. So. Now the other big uh, NBA draft headline before we get into our, our you know, big three in the red zone here, Kevin Love is looking to be on the move. Uh, you know, trade talks with the Minnesota, you know, power forward that <laughs> shoot threes and yeah. very versatile that way. Talks looking to be with Golden State with Ooh. the Warriors. Uh, you know, taking Kevin Love and Kevin Martin from Minnesota. Sending him to Golden State for Clay Thompson, one of the two Splash Brothers between him and uh, uh, Stephen Curry. But you know, sending Clay Thompson back, a uh, high pick. I think they have like the a high pick up there. Maybe it's like an eleven or something like that that Golden State has. Maybe oh, that's amazing. They were a playoff team. You know, they're a first round pick as well. Um, so that's a possibility. Uh, the Boston. Option is still maybe in play, so you know, could be a possibility to see him up end up there. 
but you're also going to see, you know, by the end of the month, uh, you know, stuff with LeBron James mm-hmm. and, you know, the Miami Heat when we'll, we'll get to talking about them and a little more in depth about all that. But also Carmelo Anthony, he's going to opt out of his deal. Does Carmelo Anthony end up in Chicago? Um, different things to ask, but Kevin Love looks to be, you know, the soonest to move because of, you know, the trade picks, uh, the draft picks possibly involved and want to get that set before the NBA draft. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see. Let's get into the red zone, our 20-yard line story. The NHL Stanley Cup Finals did come to an end. Talk about three games that were in double overtime. Uh, you know, the Kings end up winning the series 4-1 to one over the Rangers. I think that was a little quicker than either of us thought. Did, did you get to watch that last game? The last <clears> game, <throat> no. I'm trying to remember what I was doing. Uh, whether it was work or, or whatnot. Or it was... I mean, I have no problem with that being the ends. Uh, it was it was just a great game to watch uh, all around. Um, and I mean, you know, the way it finished just I don't I feel like I've never seen that kind of celebration before. Mm. And I don't know if it's just because that team specifically has been through so many close games. Yeah. But uh, it seemed like a fitting way for it to end, you know. It wasn't obviously the the longer series that everyone would have hoped for, but it, it should. I mean, it felt fitting for it to end overtime. So yeah, I, I mean, all those games to go to double overtime. I mean, this series was much closer than four one would indicate. You know, any of those could swing and it'd be a totally different story. Henrik Lundqvist keeping the Rangers in it for sure, and you feel bad. That rebound going off of his pads and oh, yeah. that goal, and he just, oh, he just, yeah. he's crushed. I mean, like he's lying there. The, uh, I, I mean, congratulations to the Rangers for getting to that point. Oh, That's certainly. pretty amazing. I don't think, I, I, if there's an expert out there that predicted it, I'd like to see. Hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, with the Bruins, with the Penguins, all of that happened with the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Uh, but now, obviously, congrats to the Kings. Uh, you know, second cup in three years. Uh, it's it's all Jonathan Quick, and it was the offense this year that we were talking about. Some, we- some of the saves that he made were just ridiculous. Like yeah. you, he he'd make one, and then he'd completely stretch his leg out on a, another shot on goal, and it was just it's very athletic. Oh, absolutely. So it just it makes me miss hockey again. Like hockey is. <laughs> It's just the best. It's, it's nice. my favorite sport. It's up there with football, but as far as you know, sitting down to watch a long game, like hockey and football are the two games I can do that with. To just sit and watch a whole game on TV, uh, this is gonna. I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, I. You know, I. That was funny because uh, was it when my before the call when the um, like I lost my internet. And uh, Major Moses called. Oh yeah, <laughs> he wanted to know. He wanted to know if I was watching uh, MLG stuff. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just I completely forgot about it. And I was like, one thing I was thinking was, man, like I wish I had got up there recently. We could have gone to a Penguins game together, but I'll have uh, to try and do that next time. Yeah, next time, next year for sure. Oh gosh, that MLG stuff with all happening on the, the West Coast. It, it's I completely it. forgot. Like my day, like just. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's also just brutal. Uh, both of us on you know Eastern time, like that, esports, that crew, that, esports. <laughs> that crew battle, 
It's yeah. supposed to start like 10 p.m. Pacific to 12, you know, midnight it's Pacific. Like, that's crazy. 1 to 3 a.m. He's like, I can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. I And I, I think it's okay to mention it because it is eSports. These oh, yeah. people are it's sponsors sports. and they make money and it's it's crazy stuff. It's I, growing. I, if, if you're interested in it, I would recommend watching this stuff this weekend because it's going to be crazy hype. Super Smash Brothers Melee at MLG Anaheim. That's a big deal. And then Evo. Oh. Evo was like in a month. That's crazy. Less than a month. Wow. Back to hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the, who's the favorite for next year as we make the play uh, with our predictive element of the show? Um, well, like, you know, you can't forget about uh, the Blackhawks. You yeah. can't forget about um, the Bruins, the Penguins. I think that they'll all be contenders. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. The Kings, if if you're in overtime, I I don't think that you could pick against the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I don't I don't know. I'd say probably early favorite will be like Chicago or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Chicago is the first one that came to mind for me too, because um, they just seem to have that core that I don't know what happened with them in this year's playoffs. Uh, they they faced against you know a good Kings team. The Kings will be interesting to see what happens with free agency yeah. and if they have to retool their team in any way. I mean, it's the same with any championship team. I mean, certain players are going to have their stocks, you know, the highest that they'll ever have it, and, you know, the free agency market will come calling. So, we'll see. I, I But I agree. I think Chicago is a, a good early favorite for that. Ten-yard line, tell us about that. Oh, well, I mean, I, I wish that, I don't know, maybe you can, like, get a picture of it if, if you try and change this into like a video format um the picture of we're lebron's face right here um uh, kind of just sums up this whole series for the heat um just i mean you know they they'd say they played pretty bad but I, the spurs dominated them um i mean that even that last game <laughs> just is not even close really yeah. um and you know, good good on your part for predicting that. And I, I the Spurs. I didn't just, think it would happen in five. <laughs> <laughs> the Spurs, uh, you know, regular season, uh, it it doesn't really matter because I think as long as they get in the playoffs, they're they're gonna play just as good as they can. Really, mm-hmm. um, it just it just seems like every year, like they don't necessarily have to be the one seed. They don't necessarily have to have the best regular season. But when they get into the playoffs, they're just tough. Uh, they're really hard to beat. Yeah, their home court's incredible. Uh, their experience in the playoffs. This one really cemented Tim Duncan's place among the all-time greats with his fifth ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably going to play next year. I don't know if you know Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili will still be up for it, but that's another franchise that you talk about like a core that has extended for so long. They won their first ring in '99. Yeah, and now it's five in fifteen years. Uh, that's pretty amazing. It's it's really impressive to see you know like even as the years go on and they get older, there's just still really high level play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I learned a term the other day. Apparently, there are Spurs babies, <laughs> is what they're called. What? Like 
when the Spurs win a championship, apparently later on we're going to see Spurs babies because of everybody. <laughs> People celebrating, I guess. So it's, it's, you're saying it's like that commercial that they're playing for the World Cup right now with Spain. Yeah. And all the, the babies like, and what was happening nine months ago when Spain wins the last World Cup? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the rest of the world. <laughs> I don't know what makes San Antonio different for that compared to all the other. I have cities. no idea. It's especially, just I, I was looking, I was on Twitter and I saw like there was a hashtag. It was Spurs babies. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Some hashtags on Twitter, man. Uh, I tell you. No, but I mean, the Spurs play you know great basketball. A lot of you know basketball elite saying like, "Oh, that's how basketball's supposed to be played." And <laughs> in a in a way, it showed and proved to be very effective. Yeah. Uh, where were Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh? LeBron James carried the load, and you can't blame any of this on him. Uh, he you know, was doing the best he could. He was trying to trying to put the team on his back, though. That's a, a football reference from Madden. But still, I think it applies here. Uh, Wade and Bosch just did not show up, especially you know game one. I think we had our last show and right before game one was starting. And game one was the game that's going to go down in history as the air conditioning dying, LeBron cramping... <laughs> You know, yeah. going out with six minutes or so to go. The Heat were up two. And then they lose by, like, 15? Like, what happened? You were there yeah. on the floor, Dwayne Wade. Chris Nobody Bosch. else was playing, I guess. People were making super cuts of Dwayne Wade's horrible defense throughout the series. Uh, it's It was an impressive showing for them. Not at all. Um, and it, it's even leading to questions now that you know Pat Riley had a press conference where he was trying to oh, yeah. make statements and play mind games with you know to his players and especially to LeBron, who all of them have the choice to opt out of their deals this summer. So the big three could be no more, um, and it's going to come up to questions that I'm sure we'll be talking about you know in future episodes of Down the Sidelines with. LeBron James, like, does he stay in Miami? Does he go to Cleveland? Is Chicago an option? Does he go out to L.A.? The Knicks? Like, so, wait. If he he goes back to Cleveland, mm -hmm. then he's going to be, like, hanging out with Johnny Manziel. <laughs> there is a draw there. Oh, man. He's going to become his boy. See, <laughs> And I, I think like Cleveland would make sense, you know. Spend the rest of your career there, you know. Redeem yourself to the fans. Like they'll take you back. They're so desperate for, you know, a, a good team there. Uh, kind of complete the cycle in a way. I mean, you get LeBron, then you probably get Drake to come to the games, and <laughs> <laughs> Drake will come to every game. And exactly. He'll say he's been a fan for years. I heard the stat this morning. Apparently, it's like, it was like you never left. Exactly. <laughs> apparently in Vegas, I mean, LeBron's such a big player in Vegas, you know, as mm -hmm. far as swinging the odds for championships. Cleveland Cavaliers right now, 25 to 1 odds to win a title. If LeBron James goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, they become a 3 to 1 odds to win the title. That is just crazy. That's nuts. That's, that's madness. Yeah. And you think, you know, that with Kyrie Irving... With the high draft pick that they have, 
could be a pretty appealing place. Though, the Cavs just hired a new coach today. I think Dave Blatt is his name. Successful coach overseas in Europe. Uh, but maybe you should have talked to LeBron before you hired a coach if you wanted him to come there. Yeah. Just saying. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if the Spurs can continue it next year. I think the big draw this year was they were hungry for revenge. They thought they had the championship last year before you hit that Ray Allen dagger three in the corner, you know, as they were wheeling the trophy out. So I think they were hungry for that. And you're going to think, you know, we need another trophy. Like we, we deserve another championship. I don't think necessarily the hunger will be there next year as much. So when we ask, you know, who's the early favorite next year, I think it's wherever LeBron goes. If he stays in Miami, Miami has to do some retooling, and I think they will. Uh, I don't think Dwayne Wade leaves. I think Chris Bosh is happy where he is, maybe even to take a pay cut. So if they stay there, I think you still like the Heat's chances Um, because I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Spurs. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, that even though they looked great, it, it, it's just that going through another off season, you don't really know what's going to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the same could be same, said for every single team, which is why I think, you know, we all we you kind of have to wait and see what LeBron does. Yeah, it's it's really is really going to come. It impacts the, the whole league. It really does. I mean, the free agency in general. If Kevin Love goes to Golden State, they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Very good team. Houston still solid. Oklahoma City still solid. Uh, in the East, if you have Carmelo Anthony go to the Bulls, Derrick Rose come back from injury. Carmelo Anthony, Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, like there's a kind of big three right there. So Chicago becomes very strong again with the coaching of Tom Thibodeau and everything. Clippers. Clippers, absolutely. Uh, It's going to take some time to see how it all shakes out in free agency, but right now I'm going to just say, I'm going to kind of do a little cop-out answer and say it's wherever LeBron James decides to play. They're the early favorites. Um, I'll I'll say maybe... I'll say, I think maybe he's going to stay. Yeah. I don't know why exactly, but I think maybe he'll stay, and I'll say it's the Heat. I think he stays for at least a couple more years. It does feel a little early. I, I mean, you're like year a experience. year removed yeah. from the championship, a, a couple championships. So, But it's an interesting thought. You know, the whole talk about, you know, oh, you got to stay through it and fight it out and all of this. At the same time, like, is if it's the best place, and you know, they, they judge basketball players from championships. So, if you want to pursue a ring, and you, your best chance of doing that, if that's in Miami, stay in Miami. Yeah. But if it's elsewhere, you know, the whole stay and tough it out. I think it's an older mentality. You know, the players now have leverage in the NBA, and that whole mind game that Pat Riley was trying to make. I get why he was doing it. But it was a bit like Godfather in the way of trying to make it off of a camera field. If they just... If, I mean, if they hadn't just played in the finals, then I think that would be a, a different yeah. question. If they had lost like early in the playoffs or something, then I like think the there'd Pacers. be more of a question. <laughs> yeah, that... Just... No, I, I think that's a very good point. Absolutely. But at the five-yard line, 
It's the World Cup. Go. Ha- oh. <laughs> it happens every four years. I know. I am like distantly attached to all the UEFA and Champions League and you know European soccer, all the football clubs there. I dial into the World Cup every four years. I'll watch the games, and I know I I don't feel bad about missing Honduras versus Ecuador right now, <laughs> which is the match that's on right now that we're missing. I feel worse about missing that esports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what. Right now, Show Me Your News is shaving up for this Sunday, like in the afternoon, evening, like around oh 6 p.m. when gosh. America is playing Portugal. No, it's just like, oh my! I have to schedule around that, like. <laughs> All right, but it's our uh, guest. It's our post E three show. Like I gotta, I gotta figure oh, something man. out there. It's a busy weekend. <laughs> it is. It is. We're we're getting to, you know, the later half of the second round robin games in you know the group stage. Yeah. So we're getting you know some of these earlier groups. Now these some teams are already eliminated. Some teams are already confirmed to be moving on. Uh, and it's it's. Shaping up to be rather interesting. So I think maybe we break down each group, you know, for posterity's sake, you'll mention who's in the group because no one's going to remember, <laughs> you know, after the tournament's over and you know, where they kind of stand right now, who's eliminated, where all that is. So in group A, you're always going to have the host country. So it's in Rio de Janeiro uh, in Brazil, where you're also going to have the Summer Olympics in a couple of years. Go mm-hmm. figure how they, they swung that one how much money that's costing their government. And some of the stuff with, like, where those stadiums are positioned, like, where the U.S. played their first match. Like, it's up a river, and, you know, cars can't drive to it. Some, like, helicopters could come in. But after the World Cup's over, it's going to be turned into, like, the biggest prison. Like, that's messed up, man. Yeah. Uh, Group A, though, Brazil, you know, Mexico, Croatia, and Cameroon. Cameroon already eliminated with the two losses. Uh, Croatia is still in it with three points. Mexico drew Brazil. So yeah. right now they're a goal down in differential. Uh, but you could... there. There's a very, very outside chance if Cameroon beats Brazil, if they somehow find a way to do that. <laughs> there is a chance that Brazil could be going home. That's wild. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um... What was the what was the score of that the uh, last game Spain played? Oh man, it was uh, well, we can get to Spain in a bit. Okay. They first lost against the Netherlands like five to one, and then they what? lost to Chile two nothing. What is going on? <laughs> and that that's is extra special, kind of crazy. But Croatia's been playing well, but I, I still see Brazil and Mexico moving on. Uh, mm. I think Mexico can beat Croatia with the way they're playing right now, and. Brazil should have no problem with Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Though right now, Brazil's up in a goal differential with Mexico, and that's going to make a difference when they're talking about the tiebreaker because when you go in the bracket, it's all about who got first, who got second in the group, and they go on like opposite sides. Well, yeah, Mexico beat Cameroon, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so should be interesting to see that. <laughs> group B is the wild one with Spain, who they won the Euro 2008 tournament. They won the 2010 World Cup. They won the 2012 Euro Tournament. And they lose their first two games and get bounced already from the World Cup. That 
if we had done this show before the World Cup, I would have picked them as my microphone just fell there. I apologize <laughs> for that awful noise. I'm just getting excited talking about what I would have predicted. I would have thought Spain would have been a contender yeah. to win this whole tournament. Oh, they're out. I think a lot of people did. Netherlands looking very good. Uh, they have two wins. Chile has two wins. So those two teams are going to be moving on. Uh, you know, Australia, they're not going to be able to make up six points. Mm -mm. It's simple as that. Though, to see where they're going to break out, one versus two, would be interesting. Uh, Netherlands still has to face Chile, I believe. Yeah. So that's going to be a very fun game to watch. Hmm. Uh, what about Group C here? Uh, Wait a second. C is oh. for Colombia. Don't think I have the right page open. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well Colombia has been a, a surprise of the tournament. You know, it's their... They haven't made it to the, the knockout round since 1990. Mm -hmm. And it's even been several years since they've even been in the tournament. So they have a strong team, even without... Uh, one of their top players, Falcao, who's injured. They're playing well, though they do have a weaker group with Cote d'Ivoire, uh, the Ivory Coast, Japan and Greece, who yesterday, Japan and Greece, played just a, a dreadful, scoreless draw. Just not a fun game to watch. Um, Ivory Coast probably will move on. They seem to be a strong team, and Colombia is already guaranteed to move on. Not an interesting group overall, to be honest. Mm. Over in D, which I think would be another possible group of death if you know, mm -hmm. weren't for Group G. What about Group D there? All right. We've got Costa Rica, Italy, Uruguay, and England. Mm -hmm. right. And C. I know England lost the other day. Yeah. Um Costa Rica's win today means that they are officially eliminated mm. from competition. Sorry, Brits. Yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Now, if it was cricket, <laughs> maybe they, rugby. Right. I don't know. Yeah, Costa Rica's moving on. Uh, two big wins against against Uruguay. Mm -hmm. uh, granted, without Luis Suarez, and then Italy. Uh, today, uh, great upset wins. Uh, they're almost like the Paraguay yeah. of this tournament from the last one. Paraguay, you know, moved on surprisingly deep. Uh, Italy and Uruguay, they're playing next. And uh, that's going to be, you know, winner moves on, loser goes home. Yeah. Which is big because I would have guessed, yeah, again, if we you know, picked these before, I would have said these are the two teams that are coming out of this group. Uh, Italy, the Azuri is always a strong side. Yeah. Uh, granted, they have an injury to uh, their goalie, Gigi Buffon, which sounds a little bit French, I know. <laughs> and Gigi is for Gianluigi. Uh, you know, Gigi, I don't, you can put that together. Uh, <laughs> an injury there, they're you know, almost trying a new keeper, and that, maybe that'd be the difference for them this tournament. You know, Balotelli up front. Uh, Luis Suarez was the big difference for yeah. Uruguay. Uh, you know, fell short against Costa Rica, and then he scored the two goals to in that two-one uh, result against England, mm -hmm. where Wayne Rooney scored his first World Cup goal in ten matches. Yeah, and he's now like tied for you know 
leading for England's national team all time. So go figure on that one. Uh, I'll take Uruguay though. I think yeah. you know Suarez in, injects that new energy into that team and at least still trying to find themselves with the new keeper. Buffon was a a leader, not just a, a terrific goaltender, but a, a leader for that team. And I think they're missing that. Yeah, Uruguay definitely looks good in this bracket. Over in Group E, I didn't think France would really pull it together since they barely <laughs> scraped their way into the tournament. They stopped Switzerland today. Oh my gosh! Like I actually got to catch a little bit of that, and I, I caught the goal that was end to end. Oh yeah, where they just put the ball out there, and there was nobody back there. So you know, obviously, it's not offsides or anything, and he just starts going down. It's a perfect cross to a guy who's like I mean it's almost like in in you know American football where like some like a quarterback just hits a receiver like right over a defensive back like perfectly in the end zone. It was exactly like that. I mean the goalie he looked at, he looked down the goalie like three times, so the goalie had no idea like when he was gonna shoot it. Hmm. And he just crosses it over to the other guy running and at that point it was over it was three nothing at that yeah point. and even the second goal the second goal came less than a minute after their first goal mm-hmm. and it was just right off the right off the kickoff and france intercepted a pass had a great lead to guy and, and, and that was in the by the way three nothing was before the break yeah so that kind of tells you about how dominant they were it was a 5-2 final it was it was five nothing at one point it was a stopping it could have even been six two uh, really, really strong game. And with uh, Ecuador and Honduras playing right now, uh, those are teams that are right now with zero points. But yep. one of them gets three. And hmm. uh, you could have another you know, showdown. What does Switzerland have left to play? I think Honduras they still have to play. Yeah. So if Honduras wins, you're going to have another winner go home if uh, you have Switzerland and Honduras there. So should be interesting. Uh, in Group F, I think another weaker group. Yeah. With Argentina, who, with Messi, uh, they still have yet to play their second game. You know, the, in the Group F, G, and H, all these teams still have only one game under their belts here. Uh, Iran and Nigeria played to another scoreless draw. So I think one of those teams, probably Nigeria, would move on uh, as far as the second team in that group. But Argentina is, I think, easily taking the first spot there. Uh, Bosnia Herzegovina. I don't see anything happening with them. Yeah, um, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I'd say Argentina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, group G is the it's group of death. Uh, <laughs> considering how weaker, you know, how much weaker some of the other groups are, uh, this just looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Germany put a stomping on Portugal, uh, four to nothing. You had a hat trick from Müller. Uh, Portugal, Pepe, the defenseman who did a little bit of the headbutt, not like a, a Zidane <laughs> headbutt, but no, not. It was a, a kneeling, like taunting sort of headbutt. Uh, he gets red carded, so he's not playing in the next game against America. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is. You know, icing his knees. He's not fully 100%, despite what you know teammates would want to tell you and get that PR going. Uh, that USA game against Ghana. This country does not like to pay attention to soccer, or in football <laughs> and all that. Could we call it soccer? 
they don't pay attention to the game, you know, for most of the year. But it's something about the patriotism that really gets people energized. And Ghana, the Black Stars, there they were a team that knocked America out the last two World Cups. Yeah. Some some strong vengeance, you know. Clint Dempsey scoring in the first minute. Then you know, the U.S. was playing not to lose. Oh, it was no. <laughs> really difficult to watch. It was stressful to watch. And you know they they end up giving up the goal in like the was it the eighty second minute. Yeah, it's just like ah, oh, it's it's over. They're in trouble. Like it's gonna be a draw. And this is a team where like it's already like a twenty twenty five percent chance they're gonna get out of their group with Germany, United States, Ghana, and Portugal. Like that's tough. But the U.S. comes back. That header. You know, in like was it eighty six, eighty seventh minute? It was, yeah. It was really. Uh, it, it's one of those great World Cup moments for the United States. Yeah, I mean, usually we're 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 so overmatched that we don't get those kind of great moments. It's true. Um, or if they do come, you know, we're already down by a lot. Um, but I, I mean, it is really impressive. Uh, and I'd say. Extremely lucky. <laughs> because... I'm sorry, England. We have a World Cup win, much less a point. <laughs> sorry. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. Like, especially, I mean, if if you set through the the whole like thing, probably like biting your nails. <laughs> I know I did. Uh, tough loss, though, with Josie Altador uh, going out with that strained hamstring in the mm-hmm. 22nd minute. I- mm-hmm. I'm watching that, like, and he's trying to, he's running full break, full neck pace. And then he's trying to, like, bring his head down for a header to control the ball. I'm thinking, like, you're going to pull something in just like that. Oh, that was, that was tough to watch. Though, I don't know, as tough as uh, Uruguay yesterday with. One of their defensemen, Pereira, gets kneed in the head. He's unconscious. Ugh. And then he has a concussion, but yet FIFA sucks with a lot of things like concussions. So he gets back out of the pitch with a concussion. Like, ridiculous. Um, Altidore may be available with, if you know the U.S. goes farther, but not for the next couple games. So definitely not for Portugal, which is on Sunday. Nope. So I think Germany, United States, they have a really good chance. I think United States should be able to you know, get at least a point against a, a depleted Portugal side. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll tell you why when we look at the bracket a little bit when we're making our predictions. I think you want the second position out of this group of death. Let Germany have it. Let them take the first spot. If you look how it kind of is going to shake down, I think you want second place in Group G. So, yeah, it actually does kind of look like you'll, at least matchup-wise, it won't be as bad. Because in Group H, it's Belgium, Russia, South Korea, and Algeria. And in Russia, South Korea, they play to a draw. I think South Korea is the better team. They have more World Cup experience there. Belgium, with the win against Algeria, they're looking like you know the possible favorites. But again, it's another group where, like, who's the strongest there? And you get this group of death, like, really? Mm. I don't know if I buy that. Our prediction, though, making the play, who wins the tournament? 
at this, you know, very early stage. If you look at how it kind of breaks down, if the uh, U.S. gets slated in 2G, that kind of puts them in the bottom right of the bracket, matches them up against 1H. Oh, look at that. We were talking about Group H. So well, the strongest out of that group, well, Belgium, you know, Russia, South Korea. I, I wouldn't imagine that, you know, the other team... Oh, geez, and I just lost my place here. We were just talking about them. Algeria, I don't see them making, you know, a run to, to possibly get to the number one spot. No. But I would <clears> take that matchup any day if yeah. I'm the U.S. and I'm advancing and going to the second G slot. I, I, I think it's, like, easier than the matchups that you already had. Absolutely. Then you play the winner, if assuming you win. Then you play the winner of 1F and 2E. Well, 1F, probably Argentina. A tough matchup, but it could be a lot worse. And then 2E. I mean, France is looking to be in that number one spot for right now. What, Switzerland, Ecuador, Honduras? So probably likely Argentina. I, again, I would take that matchup for the United States. Mm. I'd like that. And then, you know, the other side of, you know, the top part of the right side of the bracket you have 1B, 2A, there's 1D, 2C. So yeah. 1B and 1D. So 1B maybe Netherlands, maybe Chile. 1D is looking to be Costa Rica right now. Um, again, that's very you know reasonable. Uh, 2A could be Brazil if they slip, you know, to Me with Mexico passing them. And then 2C is. Da, da, da. Ivory Coast, probably. Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah. That's a very reasonable side of the bracket, even if 2A ends up being Mexico. I'm not saying the U.S. has you know, a chance to go far. I mean, it's <laughs> a stretch for them to even get out of their group. But if they fall to that second G slot, things could definitely open up for them the way the tournament's yeah, it, going. It, it doesn't, I don't think it's nearly as impossible as it has been in the past. Absolutely. Because on the other side, you have strong teams like Colombia, Netherlands, Brazil. That could all be, you know, just a matter of knocking themselves out. Germany, even. So, who wins? I, I think one of those teams. I'd like to put my chances on Die Mannschaft uh, hmm. for Deutschland in Germany right now. I think we still have to see another game for them for sure. But I think Brazil is looking. Surprisingly beatable for how many people picked the odds there. Yeah. Uh, Netherlands is also a very strong team. But I think Germany looked the most impressive in their first game. So I like, I like their chances. Yeah, I, I'd probably go with like Germany or Mexico. Mexico, interesting. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I, I really don't think. I don't know, like, I think when 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 Spain kind of showed up like they did and, you know, performed like that and then, I mean, basically performed their way out of the tournament. Right. Um, and then, I don't know, I, I think as I kind of expected Brazil to come in and just dominate <laughs> right away. Yeah. But they're clearly, that I, like, I don't think that's going to happen now. Um, Brazil could easily hit a stride and just you know go on a tear, but between the Croatia game and they got lucky with the call and 
the refs need to do a better job with the diving crap that happens in soccer right now. Uh, but that, you know, that call swung the game completely. And then drawing, you know, a nil-nil to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, like, I still, I still kind of think that, um, who is it? Oh, what was it? I watched the, the Japan, who did they play? Was it yesterday? Yeah. It was Greece. Yeah. It was 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 just awful. It was a terrible game. (laughs) It was so bad. And so, like, at least eye test wise like i don't know like i i kind of liked how mexico looked i kind of like how you know like france looks i I don't necessarily think that they're like you know playing the level of competition they'll see later on but still like at least right now those teams look good and of course germany yeah I, i mean going into the tournament there I think people thought they were going to do really well. So they, I, they, you know, always seem to make a, a big push. You know, whether it's you know making the semifinals, whatnot, they seem to do that pretty consistently. Yeah, so, I think uh, as long as they don't have to play like they don't have to play like Brazil or Spain or anything right. like that. I don't really, I don't know if anyone else can challenge them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The kudos on the uh, the Mexico prediction. If that happens. All the kudos to you there. That would be interesting. I think that's about all we have to cover on uh, this episode. Uh, it's, it's certainly a lot, that's for sure. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. More World Cup is going to be getting you know in the knockout stages, so it's be more fun to talk about those matches. We'll have draft uh, for the NBA to cover and recap. Yep. And uh, more baseball. And maybe the Tigers will turn it around after their ML best start and one of their, you know, top five starts in franchise history. Now they've gone ten and twenty and they've lost <laughs> a seven game division lead Jeez. to the Kansas City Royals. It's it's madness here right now in in Detroit for baseball. And then before you know it, you're gonna have preseason OTAs and all that start for football, and then we'll be eventually back into our weekly shows. Jeez. (laughs) The sports world never stops. So, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Go watch some World Cup.